Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson, and joining me, as always, uh, except for last week, is the man who only deals in kayfabe, Matthew Kayfabe. Hello. It's. I just want to point out that, like, yes, my surname may be kayfabe, but that's not the reason why I believe in kayfabe. I just think, like, <laughs> it's not like people are watching, I don't know, what's prestige television right now? They're not watching Baywatch and being like, oh, I want to know about Pamela Lee's... uh..." (laughs) Pamela Lee? (laughs) I really am living in 1996. (laughs) Man, uh, doing this Nitro podcast is warping our sense of time and space. (laughs) The Eminem, when when I condemn the lyrics of Eminem, I'm not talking about like his modern stuff about Trump. I'm just like, it's just, I think some of his stuff's appalling. (laughs) <laughs> I, love, I love the Trump stuff. <laughs> I love it. The I Trump stuff's so good. Much. The Trump stuff's good. Yeah, it was like, Jesus Christ, who would have seen this coming in 1996? You know? Yeah, the Eminem... Uh, there's a lot of people that, like, you know, get cancelled because of stuff that they did back in the past, whereas Eminem was, I think, so horrific back in the past that now he just is uncancelable. Like Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson still makes movies. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. I read the other day that there's, uh, I don't know, it may be a joke and I may be really naive, but a sequel to The Passion of the Christ is being made Uh, by Mel Gibson, The Resurrection. I I don't know if it's a joke, but I have read the same thing and I just hope he finally has the guts to do it in its original Aramaic. That's the... (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Be a man, Mel. Yeah, put your money where your mouth you is, idiot. Gibson. Uncle Mel. <laughs> He's the black sheep. So you know you're family. on WrestleWolf because we're talking about Mel Gibson and we're hurtling, <laughs> hurtling towards uh, towards Billy Corgan. Well, look, uh, we're in 1996 Ooh. and, uh, you know, this is a year where Billy Corgan reigns supreme. Yes. Unfortunately for Jimmy Chamberlain, things are going quite badly. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, not great. But, you know, he has, has a relatively happy ending. He's still in the Smashing Pumpkins or back in the yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. It's sort of hard to keep track of who is in and out of the mm. Smashing We'll Pumpkins. update you on that on our Zwancast, which is on the Re- WrestleWolf Podcast Network. <laughs> That's right. It's a network now. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... <laughs> I got into an argument with uh, a dude from the IPA, which is a right-wing think tank uh, over here in Australia, on Twitter today, uh, and he um, he took a swipe at our listenership based on my Twitter followers, and I, I didn't, I didn't even, I was going to write back. I got really incredulous and was like, I think you'll find if you look at our YouTube channel, we've got thousands of views. But then I was like, No, 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 no. You were trying to bait him. He took the bait. Leave it alone. <laughs> but anyway, I think we should sick the brother. Yeah, Franklin. let's. Yeah, let's get get that guy, brother friends. Yeah. Anyway, we're in 1996. It's the first of the first. These guys don't take days off. Christmas Day, do a show. New Year's Day, do a show. Eric Bischoff doesn't uh, doesn't believe in any kind of uh, unionized public holidays for his workforce, which is good for us because it means that we've got an episode of Nitro. Um, we start with a recap of Starcade. Um, which it feels like we did that episode so long ago, so it was kind of good to get a recap of it of what happened. Essentially, Ric Flair became champion, um, and Pepe's dr- uh, dressed as Uncle Sam, which is um, my favorite part of the show. That's your favorite part of this show. Um, yeah, you're pretty hard, Pep. You're a pretty hard Pepe guy. Um, look, it wasn't my favorite part of the show, but it was fine. The first match we've got, we've actually got. On paper, a couple of matches tonight that are pretty big time. Arn Anderson versus Macho Man. And the conceit of this match is that because the Horseman cost Macho Man his championship at Starcade, he wants to fight Arn Anderson. Which makes sense. I mean, I might have gone Rick Rick Flair for the title. Yeah, but uh, a, a certain someone wanted to fight. Uh, Rick Flair, so Macho gets pushed true. to the side. Uh, Macho continues to act like a heel, even though he's a face, and uh, like uses Arn Anderson's own knuckle dusters uh, on him. Uh, uh, Pillman and Benoit come out um, after Macho gets the win. No, sorry, Mongo says that uh, Pillman has rabies. But, uh- he possibly may. They're just they're extraordinarily loose in ye oldy promo, aren't they? Uh, I realised that like the first half of this uh, episode, I was uh, watching very late at night, and my <laughs> I'm writing my notes as I was falling asleep. And so, if you hear me trying to work out what I've written mm. to myself, that's uh, that's what you're hearing. <laughs> Has Pillman rocked up on this show yet? Yeah, he he comes out. Uh, well, they come out, Macho Man punches mm. both of them, they run off again. Uh, the next match is now Chris Benoit versus Steven Regal. Uh, Eric and Mongo talk about how much everyone hates these two, and essentially it's a heel versus heel match. Uh, Bobby says he loves them both, and Steven Regal gets the win. This is exceptionally enjoyable, except for the fact that every time Chris Benoit runs into something at full force with his face, you're like, oh. They even mention at the end of the match that it was the, the turning point was when he hit his head on that concrete. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, he can yeah. he concussed himself. 
the uh, <laughs> you're just like, oh Jesus Christ! Um, mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, no, <laughs> not good. This is where Pillman comes out, or the three horsemen come mm. out, and and Brian Pillman takes it upon himself to become coach of the horsemen. <laughs> And starts running through Chris Benoit and Aaron Anderson. Given this is a Chris um, Benoit segment, I think it's fair to say, uh, in an off-colour way, that Brian Pillman is dressed like a Columbine High School massacrist with the oh, the yeah, 100%. like long leather jacket. He looks like Spike from Buffy crossed with Kurt Cobain. <laughs> like <laughs> he does. Whatever's going you know what on he, is bad. You know what he looks like to me? He looks like uh, a lead singer of all the post grunge uh like record label bands like Creed hmm. uh um, I was going to say Third Eye Blind, but that's a bit tough on that band. Creed is the perfect Creed example. Bush. Uh, yeah, like they look like they're about to. In 1996, they were in a, they were all in feuds, but in 2015, they were all part of like one Sound of the Summer tour or something. Yeah. Where like they 100%. that's the only way they fill arenas is by playing the three songs people like. Pearl Jam sold 17 squillion albums, and so all eight of the record companies that existed went out to find their own Pearl Jam and failed because you don't find a once in a generation band just yeah. next door. You know what I mean? Like, we've got to get it. We've got to get ourselves a, a band like these Beatles. You know. To 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 be fair, I mean there was yeah there was only one band that could hyper commercialize and like pull the soul out of Nirvana and uh, you know just really sell that to the masses, which Pearl Jam just got in an incredible way. Hey man, Pearl Jam were just doing their own thing. They didn't. They weren't like you know. They just happened to be from Seattle and and sound like a more commercial version of a less interesting version of Nirvana. No, they don't sound anything like each other at all. And and November Rain and November Rain sounds nothing, nothing like uh, "Love Lies Bleeding" by Elton John. It's the same thing, just updated. <laughs> it's music journalists like you that put these bands in categories and then cause these kind of discussions <laughs> with no thought of what you're doing. It's just easy, so you can put musicians in a basket. Oh, they're those guys. Oh, just, you know. <laughs> NME got it right when they said that Teenage Fan Club had the best album of 1992. Um, I don't know why I've gone against Nirvana now. I'm really just flying yeah, all over what? the place. <laughs> you turned double heel. Music was shit until Zwan. <laughs> <laughs> Look, music doesn't exist for another... What four years? When does Swan appear? Two thousand and one. But well, when they appeared, anyway. There's a, there's because there were two versions of Swan. There was the acoustic and the rock and roll version. The Duale Zwan. <laughs> um, most of the acoustic oh. stuff remains in tapes. So hopefully we'll get that on a vinyl box set reissue. Oh, you know we will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy you know it. We will. I have no choice. I'm gonna be the person that has I to know, buy. It's gonna have to it's buy. Like it. fuck. Like wow, people in Melbourne really like the Duale Zwan. I really like the idea so far that I feel like, I mean, obviously it's, it's uh, subjective, but I feel like I have a, re- a vinyl collection that only has classic records in it and we're going to end up buying Swan and it'll just be this like, <laughs> like dog balls. Like it'll just stick out. People will be going through like, oh, okay. Yep. 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 Why do you have Swan? Like, uh, it's a joke between me and me. <laughs> have you listened to it? 
Have you listened to it? It's a great song. So, you know, the, the chorus, a lyric of time, a crusader line. It's, it's great, great stuff. <laughs> Means something. Anyway, sorry. Why was, why was Pillman going off at the horseman thing? <laughs> um, I think this is the beginning, and I'm not 100% sure, because this is a really blurry time for me as a fan, um, but I think this is the beginning of the loose cannon Brian Pillman. So I think he's right. he's not long for the horseman. Uh, he's not long for professional wrestling to be well. He's in a non kayfabe sense. He's he's yeah. I mean, he's going to die. Uh, I think in a year, um, or maybe maybe a little bit longer. But um, unfortunately, but he uh, he's definitely starting to lean into that. I'm a bit more honest and you know proto CM Punk sort of when I'm on the microphone, hmm. what I'm saying is real. Um, and you can sort of well, see him losing a few of those affectations. Yeah, this definitely feels like they're setting up a Brian Pillman versus the Horseman mm. storyline. But then also Dungeon of Doom versus the Horseman. <laughs> Thank and then later on in the episode, we've got the Mega Powers versus the Horseman. So it's uh, you. I think you said in the last episode that we we're gearing up to have uh, the Four Horsemen. Um, be more of a center point as far as heels are concerned. Mm. Jesus Christ, there isn't there isn't a wrestler on the uh, roster that they're not in a feud with at the moment. Well, I mean, in seven months, Mongo's going to be a horseman, and the horsemen are going to be baby faces. Like, there's a there's a really weird arc coming here, where suddenly mm. they're baby faces only because of the fact that they've been in WCW. Uh, like, there's an it's it's yeah, things that's things true. are going to get like you can tell. What I took from the you mentioned the mega powers um, that that'll come up a bit later. But what I what I took from it was that Eric Bischoff is looking at this at the moment, and reforming the mega powers should be a big deal. But for him, it's mm. like what it, like the, he he's not seeing the solution in rehashing what the WWF has done. Mm. Like he he's looking for something a little bit different because otherwise he's not reforming the mega powers you know, in a minute and a half at the end of a Nitro is sort of a, uh, well, you know, now they're going to face the four horsemen who are in feuds with 16 other people. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. First of all, we've got to talk about the Super Assassins, man, my new favourite tag team. This is, uh, do, do you do you know who the Super Assassins are? This is the, the Super Assassins are the Warlord and the Barbarian. It's the Powers of Pain. Oh, really? It's never mentioned. They're only very, very briefly. So the Warlord is very, very briefly in uh, WCW. And then I believe um, has a ha- has an accident that sort of sounds a, a little bit like comedic. Um, he He drives his car into a Pizza Hut delivery van. And has to, has to retire for, for a few years. Um, that's true. That's a that's a fact. Um, oh god. Uh, yes. Um, but then uh, the barbarian joins, uh, or super assassin one, as he's known here, because they never reference. Like they must have just been like everything else. WCW is like package them exactly as the WWF did. With the mm. with the powers of pain, they're like, you know what? Let's make them as 
unidentifiable as possible and never... <laughs> I don't know if they plan to pay it off. But anyway, the Barbarian's going to take the mask off, stop being a super assassin, and the Barbarian and Meng are going to form a tag team that's like quite good. Right. No, I didn't. Sorry, I was uh, I was excited when I saw this because I was like, I. This is a weird thing that happened. No, it's good. I'm glad that you. I thought about that. I was like, I should look them up, but I'm glad you did that. Uh, there versus Lex and Sting. Uh, Mongo, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the last three episodes of Nitro has quoted the, uh, and I believe it's an advertising campaign for Wendy's, the Where's the Beef Lady. That was like this advertising campaign was so huge, like it transcends popular culture. So even for the two of us living in Australia, we've heard it referenced. Like yeah, like this. I mean, it's on The Simpsons. It's a yeah. We didn't have. We had a we our own weird version of Wendy's out here, which was just ice cream. It was just an ice cream store that would like. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think it's the same. It's not the same Wendy's as the states, right? No, no, not at all. They don't sell burgers. It's called. It's like Wendy's Milk Bar, is what it's called here. Yeah. I thought when you when you started saying like, I don't know if you picked this up, but Mongo was quoting, and I was like, Have I missed something? Like, have I missed Mongo being like, Oh, you never know it, brain. Uh, lift me as a wave, a leaf, a cloud. I fall upon the thorns of life. I bleed. Um. <laughs> No, he uh, much more in character with Mongo. He, he keeps referencing a Wendy's Wendy's ad. This is the third week in a row. I think that I uh, think he's a bit of a Percy Shelley fan. That's I'm just going to put it out there. I think it's a subtext. I'm just trying. This is this is by far our most inaccessible single episode. <laughs> no, no, they love it. They love it, man. Um, <laughs> this is this is unlistenable to anyone that's not you or I or the brother friends. It's not. It's not the brother friends like uh, <laughs> this is not going to increase oh. our audience share. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, <laughs> guess who's out here? It's the sergeant, Sergeant Craig Pittman, oh. is out here now. He's so desperate. He's asking fucking Mongo to manage him, a guy who has <laughs> never wrestled. <laughs> so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to this because I was like, Damo's going to cover this pretty hard. <laughs> And again, he's got no microphone. The guys have to find a microphone for him. Eric Bischoff visibly cracks the shits when he <laughs> Pittman comes up to the, comes up to the desk, and Eric looks at him like, "Where's your fucking microphone?" And then Eric says on his microphone, "Can we get this guy a microphone?" It's not. He doesn't even disguise his disdain for <laughs> the lack of skills of this guy. Pittman does give us some uh, some backstory that he's an amateur, so he's obviously some sort of am- amateur wrestling champion who's moving into the pros, and it that made me feel a li- it was like, oh okay, so he's one of those guys, he's a guy from another sport that they've just picked out and they've thrown into pro wrestling. It's like oh you'll pick it up as you go along, but he is not, he is <laughs> not at all, and what like. They know this makes him look awful, right? Like, they know that this makes him look so weak. Not only is he asking a non-wrestler to manage him, he can't even find a fucking microphone when he walks out to speak on television. And his boss visibly hates him on air, on live national television. What's going on here? Well, in kayfabe, 
Eric Bischoff is not his boss, I would just point out. Um, like, it's, you know, Kevin Sullivan comes out as his tubby Bostonian with, you know, in his underpants with face paint on. And they're not like, hey, that's the head booker putting himself in all the good situations. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Eric, Bisch- Eric Bischoff isn't in his boss in this in this scenario. But, um, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like not everyone can be at the top of the card. At least he's in a storyline. But fuck, it's a weird storyline to try and put someone over. So weird. It's so weird. I don't think I've seen anything. Who's like getting this. over I, it? I I, like, like it's not. It's not an example of like. It's not like oh they. It's not like we're being marks, being like oh they they squashed this wrestler we like. It's like this is just one wrestler getting turned down by managers and and announcers. Like this is humiliating. Yeah. Like, I mean, this week takes the cake. I mean, Bobby the Brain, Jimmy Hart going like, no, 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 no. Mongo, for fuck's sake. Like, the only thing it really does is put Mongo over. Barely. Finally. (laughs) I mean, Mongo's been doing a great job of that himself every week. Oh, God, I think... He's got the the where's the beef gear, he's got Pepe. I mean, there's (laughs) nothing the man can't do. I was just thinking about the other day. Brought his friend the fridge last week. (laughs) I was like, there are so many years that we have left of this and I know that, like, we are going to have five years of arguing about the value of Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> I don't, it, it is a bit. I know you're going to like him. I know you're going to like him as a wrestler. I know it. I can tell. I can tell. Mongo is a bit. Johnny mm. B. Bad, I genuinely look at and go, I see upside with this guy. I don't know why everyone hates him so much. Mongo is a bit. I don't know. He's August like 1997. You are going to go to me. Look, I'm going to be honest. I didn't hate it. It wasn't that bad. I didn't hate it. Like, I'm not saying it's the best wrestling match on the show, but he put on, like, he sold that really well. Like, it's coming. I know it's coming. I can hear you saying it. (laughs) I'm only laughing so much because I know, <laughs> I know you're right. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, Bobby gets bored of this match and starts talking about uh, <laughs> starts talking about. Um, now I get everyone confused. The Colonel and Sensational Sherry. Mm. Uh, the Colonel's going to pop the question on Saturday night to Sensational Sherry, which again, why can't I watch Saturday night? 1996, Also, man. come on, WWE Network, give it to me. Why would you say the Colonel's going to pop the question on Saturday? Like, don't say it on national television. No, it'll make people tune in. Yeah, but Sherry's going to know. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't... That's true. Well, Bobby doesn't care about that. Also, He's no gonna, one's tuning in. He does what he wants. No one's like, I've got to see... <laughs> the... I would be. <laughs> yes, but I think we've established the kind of person you are. <laughs> And then Eric says uh, the mental picture that that marriage is painting in his head is disgusting. And Bobby the Brain says they'll have beautiful children. And the comm desk goes quiet for a bit because they're all pissing themselves laughing. It's, yeah, it's it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The comm boys are still bringing into question Sting's integrity. When we saw him at Starcade get stabbed in the back by Lex Luger, who, by the way, he is now teaming with again. Yeah, Sting clearly hasn't invested in a VCR (laughs) 
to like watch his <laughs> matches back. He doesn't need to. He was there. It happened to him. He doesn't need to watch it again. If you get hit in the head, sometimes you forget things. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I'm trying really hard to be on board with Sting and be his friend and, and ally on this podcast, but I'm starting to really <laughs> lean towards Matt. <laughs> it's like, this guy's a fucking boy. Sting is a stupid idiot. Like, I hope that I get proved wrong, <laughs> but like... In a kayfabe sense, and I want to be very, very clear about this, I suspect mm-hmm. when Hulk Hogan eventually, like, screws over Sting and wins in a match that everyone thinks that is, like, one of the worst booked matches of all time if you take the WWF uh, view of things, uh, mm. I might be going for Hulk Hogan because Sting is not good at this point. It's hard It's hard to barrack for a dumb face. Yeah, it's like it's know? Jim Duggan. But like, not with the bit of wood and a bit of face paint. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even have it. Doesn't even have a two by. He can't it. can't even paint his face. Oh no, no, Jim Does Jim he... Duggan can. Uh, Stim Sting can. Yeah. Uh, 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 he doesn't even. He doesn't even. He doesn't even go. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't even put his thumb up in the air. I get really scared talking about Jim Duggan on this podcast because I feel it's the closest we get to getting cancelled. But I don't know if it's what we actually say or what I have running through my head every time I see Jim Duggan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where I'm just yeah, like, yeah. be no, as be uh, as be as politically correct as possible about James Duggan, um, and his contra- yeah, his great he's a, contribution. For he's a, he's um he's going to be around yeah, for a long time. Uh, I think that's one way to put it. Yeah. Um, and one day you'll be like, uh, this Sting- wasn't the worst match. <laughs> I anyone who was in I say this every week anyone who was in WWF in the mid late 80s I have a soft spot for and Jim Duggan is in that wheelhouse <laughs> but uh doesn't necessarily mean that I love him it's just you know there's about 30 wrestlers where when I see them there's a pang of like oh good times um Sting and Luger lock on their submission holds at the end of this match uh, no one gets disqualified. They win the match. Where the fuck are the rules, WCW? What's going on? <laughs> like, Luger's got one of the uh, one of the assassins in the rack. That's fine. And then Sting goes in for the for the save to stop the other assassin coming in and 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 hitting Luger. But then just decides, oh, I'll just put him in a Scorpion Deathlock as well. And the ref just lets it go. Well, you know. You gotta do it. Someone's gotta be disqualified, surely. You can't uh I'm trying to think of a way to justify this. <laughs> you and don't care. I can't. It's that I didn't care. It's that I didn't pay any attention to the end of this match. Um I didn't see this. I can't justify it. I'm sorry. I've failed the brother friends and I've failed you. Hey man, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan for the world championship. This should be great. In a way, it's nine. I just want to remind you that it's 1996, mm-hmm. which the fact that Hulk Hogan weighs about 100 kilos less than he previously weighed and the fact that Ric Flair is a bumbling weirdo uh, with a really bad, like he looks like elderly Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like it's the haircut is just so bothering. Like it just bothers me. WrestleWolf, your home of wrestling haircuts. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's so 
bang on. Like it l- literally looks like <laughs> you can, I just I just imagine the three uh the three boys on home improvement walking in and Ric Flair mm. as the fourth one, you know, like when Tim's angry at the boys because they've done something wrong. Well it's like boys get down here, will you? And then they all run down the stairs and Ric Flair is the fourth one. <laughs> Next year we're gonna compare something to uh to Mad About You. We're gonna slowly move with the times. We're in ninety six, so we're on home improvement. Um Yeah, because like it looks like Ric Flair took a photo of JTT to his hairdresser and said, Make me look like this twelve year old boy. But that's the thing, right? There's like iconic like nineteen seventies uh Robert Plant Ric Flair. Um Yeah. And then there's like, you know, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, like the he looks like Robert Plant. It looks sick as hell. And then there's old man starting to bald slicked back two thousand and four Ric Flair. Which looks yeah. fucking cool. And then there's just this forgotten era where like Ric Flair, a lot of people consider him maybe the greatest wrestler of all time. To them I present the nineties. Like smash hits, Rick. Rick yeah, as, Rick as soon as he came back to, to <laughs> yes, yeah, he's a compilation of number ones. <laughs> no, you remember the smash hits, the teen girl magazine? Oh no, I remember they would always have like big hit. Joey Lawrence on the front. I had a younger sister, so these things were always around my sure, house. You did. I mean, in yeah, my that's, room. That's kayfabe. <laughs> Vanessa had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she'd come in and ask to borrow my smash. You were just a, I'd be like, get out of here. No way. You're just a dedicated follower of fashion. When I, I was, yeah, I love Joey Lawrence and, uh, uh Keanu Reeves. I, I bought one of those, uh, I bought some of those magazines at one point. I think my auntie got me a, um, a subscription to them. And uh, when I was about eight years old and I thought Leonardo DiCaprio was really cool. So I cut out his yeah. face and stuck it on my school folder. <laughs> Which is a terrifying omen of things to come. Um, anyway, Leo, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> you're... Yeah, I saw I saw Science of the Lambs and it all filled in. Um, once again, this is an incomprehensible episode of wrestling <laughs> podcasting. I used to just do band logos on my pencil case, my canvas pencil the case. The only band I liked was Radio... Uh, Video Rodney, the uh, Guy Pierce's band. Yeah, precursor to 30 odd foot. The original Zwan, I like to think of them as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where, where are we up to? Uh, Rick, uh, b- 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 uh, there was a part of me that really loved seeing these guys in the room. Yeah. Even though I knew that there was going to be a screwy finish of some description, that we did get six, seven minutes of an actual match. And I, I, Loved it. I really, I really enjoyed it, uh, and it felt a bit sort of like oh, I wish this wasn't a nitro. I would like to see these guys have a proper yeah. match. Is this is there an equivalent to this now? Like, could WWE or AEW or New Japan is there an equivalent to Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair on a Monday night in January? Mm. No, I think I think AEW's roster is probably too young. Mm. To be able to, you know, I suppose you would say Jericho and Moxley would be the two. But I don't think be the two top. You can't compare either of them guys. to 
You could compare to these two. No, you could compare no. Jericho maybe to you know a, a like he might be a Mount Rushmore wrestler by the time it's all mm. said and done. He yeah, he's not. I mean, this might get me in trouble. He's not a Ric Flair or a Hulk Hogan. I mean, these guys really. I know wrestling was big before the late mm. 70s and 80s, but in, in two different promotions, these guys were the faces of the promotions that really globalised wrestling and, and put it out there and made it really popular on a global scale. I know there'll be plenty of people who will come at me and go, I think you're fine, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. But like for our, maybe for our generation then, these these two are the biggest names when we were kids growing, yeah. growing up. But... Uh, I don't know. I mean, John Cena and The Rock still have contracts with WWE. Oh so yeah, that's that's probably the you, the closest you could get. You stick them on Raw. You know, hopefully in ten years, like Kenny Omega versus Cody is is some kind of milk toast version. Yeah, you don't you know what's going to happen with AEW. Mm. I mean, really, Matt Hardy and Jericho they're they're two old boys, and then everyone else is you definitely thirty five. And they've under. got Billy Gunn. Matt Hardy, Billy Gunn, and Jericho in a fatal three-way. <laughs> For the viewer. <laughs> oh, God. The only way that I would be into that is if he, he reprised Mr. Arse. If you come out as Mr. Arse, then, you know, I'll, uh, I'll be God, that's I'll be an ex- exceptionally <laughs> strange wrestling gimmick. That's the thing. We're, like, we're going to get some strange WCW gimmicks, particularly as that sort of, you know, but WCW toned it down quite a lot, whereas WWF were just like, this man's gimmick is that he likes butts. He's a butt man. He's an ass man. <laughs> hey, is it? I thought it was always like... Uh, that he's, is, were you, I always thought it was that he had a nice ass. Well, they do. Yes, that's so. It's like he's because he's always like shaking his ass around. But and his stuff. song is like the... he likes. He's an he likes asses in all different kinds of manners. He likes to yeah. love them. He likes to kick them. He likes to shove them, which is weird. I mean, like getting <laughs> on the level right. of a of an ass to shove. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to shove them. <laughs> Oh man, let's try. Let's get through this, man. Don't you have somewhere to be? You I, keep that's all right. It's, this is. Yeah. I apologize to the um, listener, to you, to Steve Mongo McMichael, who's out there somewhere. Uh, Rick Suplex Hulk Hogan. It was. Uh, I was really impressed by that. <laughs> like you don't you don't equate Ric Flair with being super strong. I mean, obviously, works. He's a wrestler, so he would work out and stuff, but. I was just like, holy shit, Hulk Hogan's a big unit. He managed to suplex him. There's something else. <laughs> I never okay. thought we would be I never thought we'd be in a podcast where we were complimenting Rick Fair Rick Flair for pulling off basic wrestling moves. Like just get No, just it's a, the strength behind the basic move. Hulk Hogan's not a small dude. Rick Flair for those chops. Those chops are looking good. <laughs> anyway, Hulk gets after Rick Flair's on top for a long time, Hulk Hulk's out. Uh, he does the atomic leg drop. He should pin Ric Flair, but decides to get up and start beating the crap out of Jimmy Hart instead, who's at ringside for some bizarre reason. There was a promo earlier in the night where they tried to justify it, but failed miserably. Mm. Um, then, double, so strap in, guys. This is the end of a nitro, so we're going to get a few people showing up. 
Double uh, A uh, hits the ring. He hits Hulk with knuckle dusters. Does nothing. Hulk pops right back up. Um, he then shows the ref, like the nerd that he is, shows the ref Double uh, uh, A's knuckle yeah, dusters. To get them, he just shoves his hands down un- uh, at Double A's underpants. <laughs> as soon really there was a moment where that happened where I did not, I must have missed the knuckle dusters. And I was like, what is Hulk Hogan doing at this point in the match? Just some light relief for Double A. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he, he's, he pulled double shift. Because <laughs> he is, he is, Arn Anderson can definitely say that Hulk Hogan has touched his penis, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Get that on on, uh, on Arn with Conrad and Arn. Yeah, fucking hell. And Conrad, seriously, could you, like, come up with a name for that podcast? It's such a... You can't even describe to people... You can't, like... Oh, what are you listening to at the moment? Arn. What? Arn. What's the podcast called, though? Arn. <laughs> what I don't... At least call it double A or something. You know I mean, what I mean? Like, I mean, that's you being difficult. You could just say, Arn, oh, it's the it's the podcast this old wrestler, Arn Anderson, uh, talks to... It's not, but you're like, Arn... They're like, oh, what's that? Arn. Arn. The Enforcer. <laughs> oh, the Enforcer. The Enforcement yeah. Hour with Arn Anderson. <laughs> the Arn Anderson Variety Hour. Something. Anything. That would be off brand. I've had but... that I've had that name, the something something variety uh hour for since I was twelve years old. And and anytime I'm in something, I always bring it up as a as a title. It always Band works. Plays. No, it always gets rejected by other people. There's always someone else that's like, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look out for our band, uh, the Damien Gibson Enforcement Hour. No, it's always like I've always got some stupid funny line before it, you know what I mean? Like the Scott Morrison smug, you know, variety hour or something like that. I mean, that's terrible. That was just off the top of my head, but, you know. We'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, I'll get you there. Man. I'll get there. I'm I'm taking classes. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll say something funny eventually. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, where are we up to? Uh, so Hulk dobs on Arn about uh, about the knuckle dusters. The rest of the horsemen come out. Hulk Hogan just knocks all of them out with the knuckle dusters. Doesn't doesn't give a shit by this stage. Then the giant appears with a bar stool. And where the hell he got that from? I've got not probably a bar, but. Uh, Anyway, where where he got it from, I'm not sure. Macho Man appears out of nowhere, saves Hulk from the giant, hitting Hulk with the bar stool, uh, and then all the bad guys run off. We get an interview with Mean Gene, another one of these Hulk and Macho promos that goes on too long um, and could quite easily be explained, I don't know, in a way that's better than this. Uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan uh, challenge... Ric Flair and Arn Anderson for a tag team match on Nitro next week. It cuts to the Conboys. They confirm that that match is happening and then spend about a minute dissing WWF. They really do. And do you know the the craziest thing is WWF are not... Uh, it's not head-to-head that week. WWF have a, have a delayed episode um, and it's on the next night. And it is not only a delayed episode, but... One of the worst episodes of Raw ever. Have you got it? I do. There I'm not. I'm not just going to be like, and and you can find out about that if you Google it. 
Um, Wikipedia. On January 2, 1996, uh, obviously the Super Bowl must have been about to happen. And I watched this because right. I was like, it's in the, the list of special episodes of Raw. And I was like, I'm going to give this a go. Uh, it's called the Raw Bowl. And oh the commentators are McMahon and Lawler. And everything they say is, I'm assuming, well, it's either either like objectively insane or a reference to football in America in 1996. And so the Raw Bowl is the Smoking Guns, who are the tag team champions, against Razor Ramon and Savio Vega uh, as a team, wow. Owen Hart and Yokozuna as a team, Psycho Sid and the 1-2-3 Kid as a team, and then there's a tag team battle royale. And it goes forever. Like forever. <laughs> Who wins? The smoking guns. Oh, like yeah. you you watch it and you're like, why did this happen? <laughs> and then they're like, we've got a WWF title um match. And it's Diesel against King Mabel. And it goes for for, wow. for eight seconds. Diesel defeats King oh, Mabel. Really? I was like, that's a uh, quick end to that push for old King Mabel. <laughs> um, yeah, so would you rather have watched this episode of Raw or that episode of W... Th- that ep- <laughs> This episode of WCW Nitro or that episode yeah, of Raw? I'm still happy with WCW. It's going to change at some point, but I'm not sure it's going to change as quickly as we think it will because I still think those, like, Attitude Era Raws were, like... And then we got 17 minutes of Shawn Michael point Shawn Michaels pointing at his penis. Uh, yeah. Then Stone Cold did something. Then there was an X Pac match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I don't. Um, I think both of us kind of agree on this, and it probably puts us on the outside of most people's opinions. I'm not that. I, I don't have the same affection for the Attitude Era as most people do, and uh, as a bet with a mutual friend of ours and ex-podcast partner David I watched um, every WWE pay-per-view and then had the the plan was to watch every Raw but then ended up just watching every Raw from 95 to 2000 mm. um, I haven't had a girlfriend for a long time <laughs> and uh, uh, it just wasn't like there were moments that were electric and there were characters that are amazing. Like the, the rock and stone cold are obviously fantastic, but even, even the undertaker during the attitude era is underutilized at times. And then is really weird at times. And as soon as he changed into the American badass, I was just like, no, I'm not into this at all. I have my controversial Um, undertaker view view is that he's not particularly good until he becomes like the legend Undertaker in like two thousand and eight or something. Like the, <laughs> I don't know. If that's well, like true. the the weird like oh, I'm kidnapping Stephanie McMahon and also like I'm an agent of Vince and like this has all been you know a big scam to get Steve Austin. It's just fucking weird and uncool. And then uh, the American bad 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 ass is weird and uncool. Yeah, that that's I just that whole. I caught up on that recently, that early noughties. Like basically, from I stopped watching wrestling around 2000 up until about 2010 mm. again. So I 
No, I didn't watch everything, but I watched a few bits and pieces and stuff. Watched that, um, uh, what's it called? Ruthless Aggression documentary. Yep. I was just like, oh, look, obviously I've missed out on some things, like more Christian. I really love Christian mm. Edge, uh, um, Kurt Angle. But I don't know. Again, didn't. You, you, you know? Oh, heaps of John Cena. Awesome. You, you mentioned Christian, and like, I think one of the things we're going to get to is the people that probably should have been utilised a little bit better. We're not there yet because absolutely no one on these shows deserves any better than they're getting. Uh, Some of them deserve significantly worse, but none of them deserve better yet. Like, you know, 1995 Eddie Guerrero is not the WCW champion, Eddie Guerrero. But at some point, we're going to be like, fuck, I really wish they were doing something with that Eddie Guerrero guy. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like both of us will be like that with Chris Jericho almost immediately. Uh, the same as Chris Jericho was <laughs> until he finally left. <laughs> anyway, man, I think, we're, I think we've done this episode. Yeah, we're out we're, of stuff uh, to talk about. We're not... <laughs> if you want to tune into the after show, which is primarily about, you know, other things... <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> it's much yeah, like the, the normal show. Yeah, uh, exactly the same. Um, all right. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you guys are enjoying it, tell your friends, rate and review. You can follow us on the socials. We're at WrestleWolf on Facebook, uh, WrestleWolfPod on Twitter and Instagram. Our website is WrestleWolf.com. Uh, or you can send us an email uh, at WrestleWolfPodcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, but until then, brother friends, uh, Pepe is dead. As far as we know. <laughs> Imagine if he wasn't.